Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm magician Nelson Lugo. Hi, I'm nerdcore rapper Schaefer the Dark Lord. We're best friends who hate each other's guts. And we co-host the Epic Podcast. A monthly show in which we discuss comic books, video games, television, movies, our debilitating emotional problems, and Batman. So much Batman. That's the Epic Podcast on the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Be safe, internets. Bye. Seriously, so much Batman. Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? This is Pat DeBear here with another episode of Flame On! On, 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 and on, and on, and on. <laughs> we are here to discuss the pop culture highlights of our May 2019. Joining me today, we have BJ. Hey, I brought donuts. And Eric. What do you do for those donuts? I lick toes for donuts. <laughs> we don't kink shame here, Eric. Ha- hashtag lick toes, hashtag get what donuts. What if that was an excited... Uh... <laughs> then I'm going to kink shame that. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like, uh, what's her name from Bob's Burgers? Tina. Tina. <laughs> Lord in heaven. I think we should just start an episode <laughs> one time of all three of us just going... Uh... Watch our entire subscription rate just drop way off. <laughs> that could be Patreon content then. Oh, Lord. It's two minutes of us going, uh, <laughs> As our patrons all unsubscribe. <laughs> They're like, can we get a refund for the last however long we've been a Patreon <laughs> subscriber? <laughs> all right. We are already off the track, not a minute into this podcast. <laughs> so we are going to do our roundtable discussion about the things that we have been enjoying this month, whether they be something that is current or sometimes like Eric likes to go back in the Wayback Machine to 2016. 
I'm going to be pretty current. I week. know I'm excited. Oh my god, that, that <laughs> I'm rev- super excited. That reference is from the Wayback Machine. Oh my god, Mr. Peabody. I know, I'm and old. And Sherman. Oh, wow. And there was that really bad movie. I didn't oh. even see it. I did not. I, oh. I, no. There's a few things from my childhood or that are somewhat nostalgic that I'm just like, you know what? Let this new generation have it. If they enjoy it, good for them. Because God help me, I will not. <laughs> so we are going to go ahead and just dive right into our topics. Eric. Yeah. We don't normally go to you first. And since you've got current topics. I know. I'm very excited. Let's swing the talking pendulum over to you. <sighs> Slice. <laughs> Ten years in the making. Do you think everyone was super excited or super sad about Sunday, 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 Sunday? Game of Thrones ended. Oh, Woo! I thought there was like a monster jam going on. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. So, yeah, it was the last episode of Game of Thrones. It was. Yep. And we watched it together. We did. Aww. Aww. I spent most of the my Game of Thrones watching watching it by myself. So it was kind of weird <laughs> and kind of fun to actually have other people in the room with me for this final episode. Although we didn't really talk much during it. <laughs> I was expecting yeah. us to cackle a little more, but it was so quiet. There wasn't a lot of cackle-worthy moments. Not until the end. Yeah. yeah. They threw in Apart some from jokes. Sassy Sansa. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, honestly, out of out of everything, I think that was probably my favorite moment. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Tired of your bullshit. I'm going to just be over here. See you later. Sit down, Uncle. <laughs> Sit down, Uncle Joe. Oh, have you seen that meme? <laughs> they put Joe Biden's face over, uh, over his. And then no. it just has Sansa and it says, uh, Sit down, Uncle Joe. <laughs> I have seen the video where it was the um somebody took the Brooklyn and Evie yes. lip sync uh. and put Daenerys and uh Jon Snow's faces over theirs. <laughs> hey, so <laughs> at the end of the previous episode, King's Landing is dead. Oh yeah. Some, Rubble, uh, ash. King's Landing went to Fire Island and they caught something. And it burned. <laughs> Um. Yeah, dragon burned it all down. With I want Drogon to win all the Emmys, all of the awards. For I would this say, final episode. I would say he's he's probably my MVP for the last episode. He showed the most emotion and like <laughs> acting. He, he, range. he did have the biggest character growth. <laughs> I think. I think at my heart, actually, I if my heart could physically break, you know, if I had one, I that whole thing where he's just poking her, like, "Hey, mom, get up, mom." Mom, and I'm just like, well, I'm feeling sad feelings now. Womp, it, womp. it was like Simba poking Mufasa. I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Trey Crowder in his uh, goddamn recap uh, had compared it to the uh, the Simba Mufasa scene. He's like, you know, if Simba was a nuclear weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Danny died because she went a little. She was talking a little crazy. And then she gave crazy eyes. <laughs> she went. She went. <laughs> she went a little early generation comic book villain. I'm. I'm. I'm not mad at it. I'm just like, oh no, girl, you can do so much better than fucking Westeros. Like anything. Did she pick some daffodils for her prison wife? 
No, she did not. Oh. She <laughs> she wrote a little poetry in Ancient Valerian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she gave the best coming out speech of anybody. We're going to free all the people by killing all the people. <laughs> yeah. Freedom through fire. 2019. Oh my god. Next election to freedom through freedom through fire. <laughs> Whose campaign is that? Oh my god, we should I don't know anybody who is you know, competent and sane. Which I need, appara- some, I need somebody to have like a speech written where like every the first letter of every line ends up spelling out Dracaris. <laughs> <laughs> I need that happening. I need I need somebody to uh I guess kind of a la Rick Roll do that in a speech. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess should we go down the story points? Sure. Yeah, okay. why not? So at the beginning, all of Danny's people are there and she have, which this set up the best shot of the episode, I think. Oh my uh, god, I think that was the best shot when, of like at least the season. That was that well, no, was they've had fucking, some really good cinematography in the last couple yeah, of episodes. True. But that was breathtaking. But when she gets off of Drogon and walks up in that view and you just see her walking up and then Drogon spreads his wings behind her. And it looks like her, she's got wings. Like she, ah! like, yeah. She's a dragon. I about lost my mind there. It was fantastic. But you notice how she had time to change and get a new uh, get a new hairdo, right? Of course. Yeah. I don't she had that where was that pouch on Drogon where she kept her, her spare set of clothes? <laughs> I don't know. Where was her hairdresser <laughs> with all the extra hair pieces and the she, ability to braid like French bun braids? Bitch, she got those. She just, those are all she, pieces. She just clips them in. Oh. She just touched her earring and said synergy. <laughs> she got she got a weave? Um uh, and she's like, thank you, everybody, for helping me. And apparently all the Dothraki and Unsullied who are still alive. There was a lot more than we thought there were. Yeah, there was a lot more than we thought. Because the zombies didn't kill them all. Right. I, was like, I thought the zombies killed all the Dothraki. I was like, oh, look, there are brown people in Westeros, finally. <laughs> there we go. They apparently, did, they apparently only sent out like 75%. Yeah, they're like you're the twenty five, <laughs> just in case we need you later. You're the twenty five that held back, getting your horses ready, and you're like, oh well, I'll just drag my feet. They were the ones who were late for the uh, the meetup. I'm like, hey, we're here. Oh shit. Okay, we're just gonna <laughs> we'll go to the back of the line over here. They were scheduled for the morning shift. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have that overnight morning shift. You know, the skeleton crew we, to make exactly. sure everything keeps running. We later. didn't think it would be over. <laughs> uh. That was the inventory crew that went out first, and then the skeleton crew to run the store the next day was there. (laughs) So Danny comes out. She's like, yeah, we did it. We freed Westeros by burning down all the people. By killing everybody that doesn't agree with me. Exactly. So guess what? We're going to go on a victory tour. (laughs) And kill everybody else who (laughs) doesn't agree with me. Everywhere around the the, world. The on fire tour. (laughs) And she even calls out all of the uh, great castles across Westeros. Oh, yeah. Including Winterfell and Dorne and Storm End. I was going to say, the castles that are left that actually have people in them, because I was going to say, Highgarden's pretty empty at this point. (laughs) Except for Bronn. (laughs) Baby Uh, Miss Cleo. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Before Danny's thing, it was just Tyrion walking through the city. He goes into the dungeon of the uh, Red Keep, and he finds the one spot where Jamie and Cersei died, 
because they happened to stand under the one spot of the dungeon where the rubble <laughs> fell. Well, thankfully, all the rubble <laughs> fell and lifted them up. I would, I would like to think that Jamie was just like, you know what, I'm done. Let's just, let's just, let's just cuddle. Let's just cuddle right here. And when is Oblivion coming? Please, this is awkward now. What you didn't see was that he was actually still having sex with her in oh. that position. Oh. Uh, so Jamie. some of the rebels started f- falling. They're like, hey, that looks like a nice place to lay down and fuck. And then more fall on top of them. So yeah. that's that's how Rebel ended up underneath gotcha. and above them. <laughs> so Tyrion's sad. He has a sad. Because <laughs> he's got brother the and sister are dead. Actually, shout out to Peter Dinklage. Because honestly, I don't think he's ever been given enough credit for Game of Thrones in general. And has one of the best has had one of the best character arcs, really. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's probably the best actor of the entire show. Yeah. Um, the kid who plays Bran is pretty fucking amazing <laughs> also. All they have to do is take his glasses <laughs> off. Uh, <laughs> oh. um, so then after Danny gets done speaking, Tyrion walks over to her and he's like, I'm done with this. Fuck this he, shit, I'm out. Exactly. Bitch, I told you not to do this. I think the fuck not. Clink, clink, clink. You killed all the people. Let your ashes be. Let the ashes be your fucking <laughs> hand of the queen. Exactly. And throws this thing down, and he gets taken to a cell. I'm kind of surprised she just didn't carries him right there in front of everybody. But <laughs> then you can't have him anymore. I know. Yeah. And so he's the- been with her for a long time, though. Like I feel, no matter how like kind of crazy she had become at the end. There's still that little bit of like and he's so close to her that she wouldn't just do that right away. Yeah, and she lost. Like I think she knew Varys was always on the fence. She was like, "I'm gonna have to burn your ass soon, aren't I?" But with Tyrion, I think she she's lo- at that point she had lost two of her dragons, effectively her best servant friend. You know, she she her husband. She's her lost good Judy. her good her good Judy. Well, um, so I feel like it made it made a lot of sense for her to not immediately Dracarys him. Although it would, I would have it would have made sense if she did, because in that previous episode before the battle, when she's looking super crazy, oh, and yeah. they talk, and she's like, "You fuck up again, and I'm just gonna kill you." And she just pulled a sword out of somewhere and chopped his head off. I probably would have been a little bit more excited. Yeah. Drogon would have had to then She's fly barely down. strong enough to lift a sword. <laughs> oh, true. true. But she, listen, her grip strength's got to be fucking fantastic. She holds on to them dragon scales and flies around. She got them Popeye forearms. You're going to see her on it's American Ninja legs. Warrior. <laughs> it's just her legs clenching. Could be on American Ninja Warrior doing them <laughs> obstacles. <laughs> I don't know what this motion is, but I'm sure there's, there's a. Oh, that's American <laughs> Gladiators with the, the hand bike. So after Danny walks off, Arya pops out of nowhere. I love Arya so much for that shit. I love it. I just love how she keeps scaring John. It's like, how did you get up all those steps and past all the unsullied to right next to John? Because she's that. Bitch, we've seen it before. She got past all the White Walkers and his generals. Fucking good. White Knights, whatever the people are called. She's yet another person to tell John, "Hey, she's gonna kill you." Because she's gonna kill all of us. Because you are the rightful heir to the throne, and she's gonna kill you. 
And he was like, nah, she won't do that. <laughs> Chill out. She got that bomb pussy. She ain't going to kill me. That's my auntie boo. <laughs> <laughs> and the next shot, I think, is John walking up to the Red Keep. And this is where all the ash is falling down on the city now. Daenerys going up to the to the Red Keep for the Iron Throne. Yeah. Yeah. Because then this is where we have the mirror image of the... Uh, the vision. Her vision at the House of the Undead. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking this... up to the chair. Yeah. Think, is she going to sit in it? Where everybody's like, oh my god, there's snow all around, which means that Jon Snow is going to... No, it was just ash. And, and she's kind of pawing at the throne, making crazy eyes at it. <laughs> like, my precious. And you see Jon walking up, and all of a sudden this pile of snow moves and it's just drogon oh that was ridiculous that was like yeah. how long has drogon been there five minutes <laughs> napping god damn this ash is a lot of ash this city is very ashy somebody get some lotion get the big <laughs> bottle of lotion get that cocoa butter so many people uh and drogon sniffs him and he's like okay you can go up. <laughs> telling you drogon you don't seem like you're awards. gonna murder my mother no <laughs> Hi, so, Uncle Daddy. Because <laughs> I almost thought that Arya was going to put on Jon Snow's face and be the one to kill Danny. See, and that, that was one of the things that maybe said we were everybody I talked to was like, Arya's going to put on somebody's face. And I'm like, could you at least have had her put on like one of the Unsullied's face or something? She's just there to be like, listen, bitch. Seri-, like the final word of common sense and be like, she gonna kill everybody. I'll I see mean, you later. I think the only two people that really could have effectively gotten close enough to Danny to be the person to kill her would have been either Grey Worm or John. True. And I think she would have gone with John. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she would have had to like put on her really tall boots. <laughs> it's magic. Oh, oh, oh! It's magic, you know. So then John goes up to see her and he's like, hey, stop being crazy. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm going to keep being crazy. <laughs> and we should make out. And he's like, all right, well, I mean, he'll always be my queen. <laughs> and, he, and then he then has to make it one more point. <laughs> oh. One last point. I mean, she wanted she wanted him to stick it in her. She wanted six to eight inches of snow. <laughs> <laughs> She wanted 12 Inches of Snow. Exactly. The debut album by rapper Snow <laughs> with the song, Informa. Those are the actual lyrics, too. Yeah, so then she goes, she's like, oh. She doesn't even have any last words. She just falls to the ground, bleeds out her mouth and her nose. She just kind of gives him this look like, bitch. Uh, and then you hear Drogon like <laughs> but more menacing and dragon like <laughs> and he comes up and he does the the Simba poke and then mom mom I'm hungry mom mom mommy mom <laughs> mom and then you think he's gonna uh, barbecue Jon Snow and then he turns and barbecues the Iron Throne. And then he catches his breath. And then he barbecues it again. Yeah. 
Because John's like, okay, we're done. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, no. Because <laughs> uh, I think at that point, John was just resigned to die. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he Because he, he thought that the second that he killed Danny, he was just going to be dead. Yeah. And I think that's almost what he wanted. Like, yeah. just, just, I'm just done. I don't want to be king, but this is all I can he's do. Ti- he's tired. Yeah. Like, honestly, from the, like, the last... Ever since the end of the the longest night, dude looked tired. Like he was just like, I'm done. Yeah. So Drogon freaks out, melts the iron throne down, and then picks up Danny's body and just flies away. <laughs> it's like peace, I'm out, I'm done. I don't even want this stupid throne. I got no brothers left. I got no mom. My uncle daddy's over here sticking my mom in the heart with a knife. I don't like step uncle daddy. Nep- nephew daddy? Cousin daddy. Cousin daddy. No, uncle daddy. And Wait, so- no, second. Yeah. Second cousin? Second, yeah. Because cause oh, he's, her, he's her uh, nephew. Nephew. Cousin. Oh, so yeah, so yeah. cousin daddy. Yeah, cousin daddy. Cousin daddy. Yeah. Oh, girl, this sounded more and more like Alabama every day. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, so then it kind of fades to black, and we're like, "What is happening?" And the next thing we see is Grey Worm leading prison Tyrion out to a court where there's all the lords and ladies, all the surviving lords and ladies, all the new generation of lords and ladies. I don't uh, hate it. There are survivors. I'm a survivor. Of the- yeah, that's why I stopped. There were no other words. <laughs> <laughs> I can't come up with lyrics that quickly. So uh, the main three are there. The Arya, Bran, and Bran. Bran. Raisin and, Bran. Yep. Yeah, and Sansa. And then who else is there? Yara. Yara uh, Sophia was there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, the new Prince of Dorne, whoever he is. And... Samwise Gamgee and his his giant pillowy oh, yeah, Samwise cloak. was there. <laughs> Ed, um, Edward Tully. Oh, oh, oh. The only guy to see Arya coming. Um, Gendry. Oh, yeah, Gendry. Yeah, Gendry was there. That's uh, still my favorite meme. Arya's side piece. The only man to see Arya coming. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know how he aged like six, seven, eight years but the little prince boy who was sucking at his mama's teeth in the airy. I don't remember that. No, I, I thought have... he died. No, that's no. him. That's, uh, that was him? That's him. Yeah. Ooh. Everybody's been talking about him. Glow up of the century. <laughs> How he never long bottomed his way into the, <laughs> the finale. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I remember hearing about that. like Because a bunch of episodes I kind of just watched as I was doing other stuff. So I wasn't paying full attention, so it's not something that stuck to was stuck with me. But I do like I remember vaguely about that, right? Because so. he was still a sickly little like nine, ten year old. He was like he when, was like a nine, when, yeah. When Sansa left the Erie to go to be married to uh, the Bolton guy, yeah. And I would think maybe at most it's been a couple months. I mean, that was four seasons ago, so. That doesn't mean it's. I'm just. So, I didn't uh, say years. I said that was four seasons ago. So I don't know how their time goes. 
maybe their maybe their days are super fucking long. I mean, their seasons are super fucking long. So it's true. I mean, it's Westworld. Giant's milk yep. makes you grow big and strong. Mm. It's true. Glug, glug, Apparently, Baba's milk does too. I'll breastfeed you. Apparently, maybe you don't know his mama could have been part giant. Come through, it's lady nipples. <laughs> does the body good. So, so back to the lords and ladies. So then, basically, the talk is the Unsullied want to kill Tyrion and they want to kill Jon Snow. And the lords and ladies are like, well, that's really for the king to decide. Well, Sansa wants Jon Snow back. She said, fuck that shit, you can't kill him. Well, yeah. Because we got bitches up in the north ready to fucking take this town. Ready to take this town. Yeah. But the unsullied, no the unsullied are like, we want justice. And we got people here that go, fuck you, shut up. Exactly. <laughs> so, basically, everyone's gathered to decide who the new king and or queen is going to be. Well, after Tyrion gets told to shut up, that he's not spo- he's not here to talk, they say, okay, well, now you do this soliloquy about how this should be. Right. King should be picked. <laughs> They're like, we're all, we all have a dumb or and or don't really give a shit because we're about to Brexit ourselves from except this. for Samwise. Yep. Who, who's like who almost accidentally creates democracy. democracy. <laughs> he basically says maybe all the people should vote on who's in charge, and then all the lords and ladies look around. They're like. <laughs> Why would we talk to poor people? <laughs> Shouldn't we? You want the horse to have a vote too? <laughs> Next thing you know, we'll be marrying our horses. Oh, I was like, man, they are classist as fuck. Yeah, well, because there was like a, there was a good pause for a second. Nothing happened, and we're all like, and so you're thinking maybe, just maybe. Yeah, and then they start laughing and cackling, yeah. and I'm like, nope, never mind. I just didn't think they were going to be so condescending of <laughs> the masses, but... These are the old white dudes, remember? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Have you looked outside lately? <laughs> <laughs> and so, basically, everyone's like, well, somebody talk. And so, Edmure Tully <laughs> decides to stand up and starts <laughs> giving a very persuasive... <laughs> Uh, speech about my years of state, <laughs> statehood. I, I survived two wars. A veteran of two wars, and I think that's given me a little bit of statescraft. Sit down, and then sounds like sit your ass down, Uncle. And everyone laughs at him, and he sits down. Sit your uh, ass down. Sit your ass. And everybody's down. everybody's looking around at each other like. Nobody wants to volunteer. <laughs> Everybody's like, uh, the last guy, the last couple people that have had this job are super dead. <laughs> yeah. And so Sansa's got kind of a look in her eye like you think she's going to go for it. I'm surprised that they didn't have her like do that. Like, yeah. like hey, as rec- I'll take it. As recompense for the North, a Stark gets to take the melted throne. so instead they have Tyrion give you a 10 minute speech about yeah so then they're like hey you shorty (laughs) what do you think we should do hey yo shorty hey you there because of all the people who are gathered there he was the one who actually served in any of the courts the longest yep I mean everybody else got killed so by default yeah yeah Uh, 
And he goes on this diatribe and basically say, our history is what makes us strong. And the power of stories. And who's got the best story? Brand. None of the women. At, at what point Arya's uh, like... No, not just Brand. What? Brand the Broken. <laughs> yeah. Unnecessary nickname. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like the he, boy who was pushed out a window. He's literally sitting there ignoring all of you while like jumping into a bird and flying around and he's like, "Wait, what? What the fuck you just call me?" <laughs> because honestly, I feel like being the three-eyed raven makes you more qualified to be like, right. a historian or maester, that kind of thing than king. I mean, however, it does give him the ability to see see some shit coming. <laughs> Now that he's got a handle on his bullshit. Uh, and everyone's convinced, goes around, votes for him, and then Sans is like, I think you'll be a good king, but you're not my king. Uh, no, she, <laughs> no, before, she's like, but his dick don't work. <laughs> How, how's he going to make babies? And, I actually love the fact that everybody's like, that's a good thing. <laughs> Tyrion's like... Yep, no, that's why I picked him. That's <laughs> why. No more being born into the line. He's going to have yeah. an army. Their There's... dicks don't work. His dick don't work. It's basically just going to be like the Pope succession. Yeah. After, yeah. The, after the Pope dies or steps down, then Usually dies. everybody comes back and votes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've we only had one in yeah. our lifetime. Yeah. That I, well, it's, I, I didn't say never. I just said usually. Yeah. Usually dies. Uh,. All white men. Yes. <laughs> and so Bran's the king now. All uh, hail Bran the Broken. Um, and so bad for he, him. he does say something kind of disconcerting because Tyrion's like, I know you didn't want to lead Winterfell, but if we actually pick you for king, are you good with that? And he's like, well, why do you think I'm here? Which begs the question, if he can see the future... Which he can. He knew this bullshit was all going... Yeah. Right? Uh, why didn't he tell people to kill Danny because earlier? You, because certain things you don't... You can know, I but mean, you're not going to affect. He's not a Time Lord. He doesn't have those rules. Remember the last time he accidentally dropped some forbidden knowledge in the, in the wrong time zone? How did that work out for Hodor? How did that work out for him? <laughs> <laughs> he still got the job done. I mean, he did. He in fact did. But so Brand's the king. Sansa says, "Okay, the North is just going to be the North. We're seceding." She says, "Fuck you, fuck you, bitches. I'm out." Yep. And so she's going to be queen of the North. Jon Snow, the Unsullied, said, "We have to punish him." And they make a compromise that he has to go back to the Night's Watch. Whatever the fuck the Night's Watch is now. It's his boyfriend. Because technically, wouldn't the Night's Watch have to be moved down to where the border in between Westeros and the north now is? I mean, not... that's the northern border of Westeros now. But I mean, not technically anymore because... The, I mean, the the whole purpose of the Night's Watch was to keep wildlings and the White Walkers out, and the the wildlings are, are all for Mr. Jon Snow, so... 
Yeah. Yeah, he really, they really don't have to guard shit. They can literally just go do what the fuck they want, and yeah. that's pretty much what he went to go do. Yeah. He's he Basically, he's just been exiled. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Sansa said that the North had been sovereign for thousands of years, and right. the Wall and the Night's Watch has been around for yeah. a very long time, so it's yeah. still been a factor even when it wasn't yeah. part of the Seven Kingdoms. Now the Six Kingdoms. But now they just have half a wall. And they rebuilt the little section though. They put that wall back together. I was gonna say the wildlings put it put that shit back together. <laughs> they had nothing they're, else going on. They're like, you people in Westeros are fucking crazy. So y'all you know what? Just y'all stay there. Yeah, they were like, you know what? We're building this wall to keep you guys out. See you yeah. later. Bye. We're gonna go hang out with the elves and giants now that we don't have zombies roving around. Oh god, yeah. And then Arya said, Sex with men is so bad, I am leaving the known world. <laughs> and she's going to be the pirate queen. Which I'm 100% down for. And that's how One Piece started. <laughs> She's going to eat the gum gum fruit. <laughs> she is. <laughs> and so she sails off to west of Westeros to make a new map. And the end. On it, And the thing Ooh, is... Girl, <laughs> I felt like watching the whole show all over that again. That was a journey. Girl. That <laughs> was a journey. Ooh. We said we weren't doing a microsode on this one. <laughs> but you know what the best part about John having to go back up to the north was? He got to pet and get snuggles from ghosts. That's he true. got to get the pet from Ghost finally his... got the good doggo pets. He got the I good know. doggo pets. And he's going to have a husband because what's his name's heart is broken. So I Tormund. Mean, Tormund. Oh. True. I was going to say, if, if anything makes me pissed about <laughs> Game of Thrones is that Tormund was done wrong. He was done so wrong. And Jamie, yeah, Jamie gets off fucking scot-free and looks like a full hero because Brienne wrote, finished the his entry yep. in the Book of Brothers. Is that what it was called? I think so, yeah. yeah. And uh, wrote basically all glowing things about him and his deeds. Because she's a class act. Because she is. She's a classy bro. Terrible taste in men. Yes. Men, but a class act. Terrible taste in man. <laughs> And then she, you know, writes that he died defending his queen. Impartial men. And then slams the book shut while yeah. that ink was still <laughs> while the ink was still wet. <laughs> Which that that scene launched all kinds of memes across the internet oh, yes. about yes. what Brienne possibly wrote in there. He couldn't handle <laughs> this strong bomb ass <laughs> pussy. So he had to go to his weak ass old shit. <laughs> Just the fact that Somebody saying, oh, she's just updating Jamie's Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamie's a fugly slut. Do not trust her. <laughs> so our friend Jay was here with us watching also. And like that got an audible gasp from him <laughs> when she closed the book. And it was like, that ink is still wet. <laughs> it's like, it's like, the fact that so many people actually like stopped and had to be like, oh, oh, wow. We, uh, that makes me feel really good about... The people that are on my Facebook timeline when they're worried about ink being dry before closing a book. And some people were quite sad that the very last line of such a noteworthy show was, One time I took a jackass on a honeycomb into a brothel. (laughs) (laughs) Hasn't he been trying to tell that story the entire series? I think so. Was yeah. that the last line? Yeah, that yes. was that was the last That's spoken line because hysterical. from there they went to John and not a word was spoken when John walked into the ca- Well, it wasn't just John. 
Right. And this is what I this is what I was referring to when I said there's some great cinematic shots this season. They did the tracking shots for John, for Sansa, and for Arya. Yeah, and they had them all mirror each other in yeah. their journey, like into what they were doing. Arya getting on the boat, Sansa getting dressed in a gorgeous gown. Yes, and then taking her her place as the Queen of Winterfell and getting the crown put on. And John going in the Night's so, Watch. And... I mean, technically, the last thing spoken was Queen of the North. Then, oh, okay, yeah, but I am the Queen of the Night. But that wasn't like actual like dialogue, dialogue of anybody. But still, I mean, the, yeah. that's the last thing that was said. Then, yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> Jack has a honeycomb into a brothel. <laughs> I mean, that's it... gonna be all. That's gonna be the last thing I say before <laughs> I die. <laughs> what were his last words? You don't want to know. <laughs> But those tracking shots, and they did the same thing in the Battle of Winterfell with Arya and the Hound, yeah, where they yeah. where they were trying to get through it, like they falling and doing those mirrored shots. Yeah, there's some gorgeous work that has been done. Yeah, the season obviously felt rushed. They took a lot longer. They spent 55 nights filming that Battle of Winterfell, and I know costs were astronomical. The amount of CGI that had to be done for the dragons. Yeah, they couldn't spend the extra money for ghosts in that one episode. Um, That's why I didn't get any pets. I know he's I expensive. John is still a bad dog dad, right? But ghosts forgave him, so I'll I'll move on. But I think overall, I mean, it did what it had to do. There's a lot of unanswered questions, but then again. I don't think there's any show that has ended that has answered every single question that it's ever thrown out there. I mean, honestly, the only way you can end a show and never have any questions left is if just the universe ends. Yeah. Like, or if it's that's a, it. Or if it's a really bad show. Well, that too. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of I like I like I like some of the stuff being left open ended. It ended in a way that I was I was satisfied. I mean, I feel bad for Danny, but I felt like she wasn't gonna ha- she wasn't getting a happy ending. This is Game of Thrones. Like even though Sansa effectively has just freed the North, like she's she's a student of Littlefinger, so she can't she can't just let shit be. She's always got to be three steps ahead, even when there's no nobody to be ahead of. You know, I'm happy for Arya because Arya is going on an adventure, and I love Arya on an adventure. You know, um, John, he's not alone, but he's lonely sort of thing. It, it really, yeah. it, it hurt, it broke something in him to do that to Danny. And you've got Bran, who is just kind of this, he's just kind of hanging out. And you're like, did he just orchestrate everything to be king? Because that's super creepy and weird. But it began with Bran, and it ended with Bran. So I well, feel I that's fe- the big thing is that at the yeah. heart of it, it's always been a Stark story. Yep, and and, and honestly, it be- the show literally began north of the wall and it ended north of the wall. Uh huh. So yeah, I, I mean, if you look at how it started, you look at where the focus was right at the beginning. I think it ended it ended fairly well, and people are upset. There's always going to be people upset. People are very vocal about their being upset, and I get it, but. I mean, it's a show. At the heart of it, you know, I I can understand. I did not like the ending of How I Met Your Mother. I was very upset about the fact that they killed the mother in that right. final episode, especially after getting to know her over a season and see how like great her character was, and then to be like, 
oh. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's the direction that they chose to go. And maybe the book will be different and or, you know, at least have a, a better lengthy explanation because there's two books to do all of that in. You know, most, most of my faves survived. So I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> I really didn't feel that any of the major plot points were wrong or I felt bad about them. It's just it didn't feel like there was room enough for it to breathe. Yeah. And have major character development moments and in I feel between like the big set pieces. The first two episodes were way too drawn out for like all of that fan service of everybody's back together and here's everybody having good times because now we're gonna have two episodes of fighting. And or so not even maybe the first three episodes where you have all this stuff at Winterfell and all of these people and like I felt like that could have been trimmed down a little bit. I mean they tried and given to, more time to breathe for yeah. other stuff. Yeah, they tried to do character development, which they needed to do. They couldn't just have Battle of Winterfell and Battle of King's Landing and that be it. Well, they just yeah. threw uh, the Clagen so, Bowl in there for shits and giggles. But people had. They had to do that. They couldn't not do that. I mean, true, but uh, although my favorite was uh, Cersei, just like she's like, excuse me, I'm just going to tiptoe right past y'all. <laughs> this is between family. I'm gonna just go over here. You know, what? I just I'm, I'm I'm just gonna go right over here. See y'all later, bye. Uh, so overall, your opinion of Game of Thrones seasons eight, season eight, seasons? It felt that, that long over the last six weeks. Meh. F- fair to good. <laughs> fair to good. Um, I mean, the show overall, all eight seasons, was amazing for everything it did. Um, just season eight, just uh, just wasn't quite everything I wanted. But again, I wasn't unhappy with it. It just didn't feel as exciting. Okay. BJ, what did you think of season eight? I enjoyed it. Um, I it it was a little drawn out. Um, personally, I don't. I think it could have been five episodes. I mean, you could have had the reunion. The reunion stuff really could have just spent one episode. Um, but as you said, the cin- the cinematography in this in in uh, this season was fucking gorgeous. Like some of the best. Um, I. Uh, like I said, most of my faves survived, so I'm happy. Um, so yeah, fair to good. Okay, I liked it. I mean, I I don't agree with the five episode thing. I think it could have it deserved maybe another episode and had the fallout from um, the King's Landing massacre be two episodes. I felt cheated when we did not get to see the outcome or the fallout from John when he stabbed Daenerys and then Drogon flew off with the body. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that or had some sort of, you know, something more than just now here we are X amount of time later because it wasn't, it was long enough for Tyrion's beard to grow out bushier and for Arya to be mostly healed up, but we don't know how long it's been. Right. It would yeah, been, I think they said a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like a month, like a month and a half or something like that. But still like, I, that's a lot of time in between to yeah. not, well, like most of the castle had been rebuilt by the time they got to where Bran was was thoroughly seated on the throne. Girl, they they work quickly. Yeah, they work quickly. Well, they know the master of coins. So. Oh, true. There's so, plenty of poor people to boss around to <laughs> build those walls. 
I mean, it's the Dothraki and the Unsullied down there. I mean... No, they took off. They're going, we're last. We're going there. Well, no, they, but, yeah. but they had already rebuilt the city by yeah. that point. Because they didn't go on their uh, summer vacation until after they didn't get any revenge. Yeah. But anywho, I thought it was... Overall, I thought it was a good season. Not worth the amount of uh, public griping that some people are doing. But everybody has their opinion. And thanks to social media, we all get to hear it in triplicate. All right, let's move on because that uh, that felt like a six week exploration. Sorry, you can trim it down in post. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was I just feel better because normally I get very detailed about like recapping something, and, and I'm like, for once, it's not me doing. And certain <laughs> and certain singers. What? And certain singers. We're talking about certain singers. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> when I listen when. The people out there listening to this podcast would be amazed to know how much of my conversations are not ever heard outside oh, of this room. I love I love it when I listen to an episode I'm just like that was he didn't talk for that long. That was like another 45 minutes. Josh had the same thing happen to him cuz he texted me one morning cuz he was listening and he's like Oh, wow. I talked a lot. And I was like, bitch, I cut out a whole bunch of your stuff. <laughs> but it happens. And I mean, that's that's the joy of uh, podcasting. The magic of podcasts. Yes. If you're in here sitting here with us and hearing this whole thing, then it's, uh, it's a whole other however many minutes of uh, diatribes. I was going to say, are we going to do another live stream? Um, I don't know. We should do a live audience. We'll just we'll move, we'll move the table, bring people in, have them sit down in the... The viewing area. <laughs> I like it. We can take questions from the audience. <laughs> live at the Orpheum Theater. It's Flame on Live. Anywho, next topic. BJ, what's your first one? Well, they done did it, y'all. I I I, I felt like they were gonna do it, but uh the flash. Um Flash Oh, wrong flash. Sorry. He didn't save his daughter. Um. So yeah, no. Um. I hope you guys liked Excess because she ain't coming back for a long time, if at all. Because bitch got wiped from existence. I'm kind of okay with it though. I w- I was okay with it. I just didn't expect them to actually end a season a season of the Flash since it's so it's a bit bubble gummy. Yeah. But not as much since the new showrunners took over. Uh, I was actually very happy about it because that was like. It was it normally I don't get big swaths of emotion from the flash but that like it it gicked me really good in the heart there cuz I was like cuz she even had a chance to survive and she was like nope that would just make me crazy and evil and I don't want to do that and yeah. I got to say I she showed her true heroness because she did not choose to save herself and go evil exactly and I really, and I was gonna say after the culmination of this entire season, one of the best reverse Flash stories as well. Like Eobard, I I've always liked Eobard Thawne, regardless of which actor plays him. But <laughs> because depending on which show it is, <laughs> determines which actor it is. <laughs> who who can afford which Eobard Thawne? But the fact that at the core of this season, even though you had Cicada as the immediate threat. Eobard Thawne was there, the reverse Flash, manipulating literally everything. And it also felt uh, there was all the callbacks from the first season, all the callbacks from previous villains. Like it was really, really well put together. And and the end of it, um, it was it was just a very because for those people that actually read the comic, you know that eventually the Flash has twins, 
Um, I know one of them is Dawn, and Eobard Thawne even mentioned, like, you're, oh, you're his daughter, Dawn, right? So I'm wondering if eventually they're gonna they're gonna come back with oh she, it, like you know Nora's gone but she has twins now, um so that'll be interesting, but um yeah no it was it was a really 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 good good uh finale and season, um you had I didn't expect to even like Ralph Dibney that much this season, but like no I, every character everybody hit the the plot points really good especially in the last episode so um and that nice little set up uh for the infinite crisis where the unforeseen consequences of eobard thon's manipulation is that timetable with the uh, where the flash disappears got moved up five years yep so um and it seems like the cw is set, uh every finale for the C- core cw dc shows has a, a uh infinite crisis set up which makes me think that they're going to be doing it earlier yeah like next th- year which I'm honestly, I could have seen this being almost a flash series finale with like a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, like the way that it was done. I could yeah. totally see that, and then lead it to where the Flash vanishes, and kind of like you know leave it open at that point. But we know that it's not going to be the case. Arrow is ending after next season. I think it's one more. Or it's this season. Uh, it's uh, ending soon. It's I know got that. it's got one more season, but I don't know how much Oliver's going to be in it because he's already with the Anti Monitor. He's already been like, "All right, well, I gotta go. See y'all later." So, um, well, I mean, if Arrow's there, then we're so we're probably going. It's probably going to happen real soon, real real soon after um uh after um the beginning of the next DC seasons. Cause they've got to get a couple episodes in generally just to kind of start setting stuff up. Well, they usually start in early October and then the crossover is by early December. Yeah. So they usually have about six or eight episodes in the can by the time the crossover happens. One, well, I think, I think the, the date on the newspaper changed to like November. Oh, uh, maybe. So, so I think that'll probably be the kickoff point for it. Um, if they don't start sooner. So, uh, yeah. So, but it, it was really good. I'm actually very, very excited to see what, uh, cause they're really building up infinite crisis. Um, and I'm really interested to see how it changes the, uh, the landscape of the DC. Well, I mean, uh, it's shows. probably one of the most referenced and well-known DC storylines. Yeah. So they have to play this right. I mean, their crossovers have been done well. The last one was at planet X or, Oh no. The last one was Elseworlds. 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 Oh, wasn't it like, wasn't it, wasn't the world X or something like that? Uh, that was Earth X. Was Earth the la- was uh, last year's? That wasn't right. elsewhere. Uh, that was the one with the wedding. Yeah, and that all was that. the one with Bar- uh, Barry and Iris's wedding. Uh, what yeah. you first introduced Nora? Nora, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm getting them confused. <laughs> uh, no, but Elseworlds was really good. Yeah. So I I'm excited to see what they do with uh, with Crisis. So cool. All right, the Flash. Flash. My turn. He couldn't save his daughter. Oh. It's okay. He'll just make like share and turn back time. <laughs> oh. oh. All right. So my first topic is going to be the newly released season three of Nailed It on Netflix. Nicole Byer and Jacques Torres are back for another season of epic fails in the form of mostly cake, some cookies. And it's funny because now we're getting to 
the part where people have seen the show. People are coming into this show now knowing what to expect versus and what the also, first two seasons were like. And also one person who never seen it before. I know, the little old granny lady. But she said that her granddaughter had a Netflix account. She was going to steal yeah. a password. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, bitch, you do that. And then, but and We'll get to her. The, <laughs> the first episode kicked it off with showing you just how much like they had to like ramp up how impossible these tasks are when they did um it was the marvel one was right? it the, was it cupcakes and then they had the cookie right. characters it was a cupcake with two sugar cookie cut out characters yeah oh yeah 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 and they had to like do like iron man and captain america oh yeah Black that Widow, one like, craziness um the one guy fucking couldn't bake his cupcakes so he put an apple like the fuck you doing? Well, I mean, he did spend half the time just snacking on stuff in the pantry. Girl. <laughs> I mean, that'd be me too, but still. <laughs> uh, but my favorite, and I mean, from the get-go, like from that first season, they've never been ones to hold back laughing at a contestant. But the thing that killed me was right off the bat, right after that first, um, was it Baker's Choice is the first, the first yeah. round? Uh, yep. When Nicole was like, you all should be proud. And Jacques just standing there going, uh-uh. <laughs> I was like, oh, bitch. Just shaking his head. I love it. Shady as motherfucker. I love how shady he is. Uh, but, I mean, they had some really cool um, challenges this time around. But some really fucking intense and, like, detailed shit. And when I say they stepped up, like, the intensity level on what they're making, that clown cake? Was it a joke? Yeah, that was crazy ridiculous the amount of fucking like detail well like you said they now that people now that the show's gotten popular and people are coming onto the show having seen it they can't they can't do no no uh, emoji cakes no more they gotta go in guns blazing still like a lot of the cakes that have been made in the first two seasons are still crazy but they took it to like they went from like level three where these people are like a, le- a level negative one to these people are maybe a level two and they're like here's a level eight cake for you like this isn't just above your like your grasp although that one person did make kind of a cute uh clown i mean yeah. it was supposed to be a scary clown <laughs> but it was cute but honestly the cake part of the cakes that they're making doesn't seem as super complicated as previous seasons only in the marbling and stuff like that yeah and they're now incorporating flavors yeah but i mean like the actual base which is made out of cake is still just a square or a rectangle because even even the napoleon yeah like when they did that it was that was puff pastry yeah that was just puff pastry that they were stacking up but again, it was just that shape, and then all of the detail and everything was made with modeling chocolate or fondant or that kind of thing. Well, but I mean, like the, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Which, like, the very, if you think back to the season one, it was a three huge three tier wedding cake, which then had to be decorated. At some yeah, point. but now they're giving you like. 12 hours worth of sculpting work to do and yeah. two hours while you're still baking the yeah. cake. I was sad. No Sylvia Weinstock this season. No, no Sylvia. Although she was on Nailed It in Mexico, I'll which is take just your word for it. Ridiculous. 
watch that one episode go find the sylvia episode of nailed in mexico because they're all speaking spanish and this little jewish woman is just like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about i don't know what's going on but it was and she still was stealing shit i mean she is my spirit animal when it comes to reality baking competition shows uh but then i thought it was good and then we got to the last episode of the season and I forget, like, I don't even know what happened. I was catching it. I, I caught it right before I went to bed. So it was like three o'clock in the morning. But the guy, like, dropped the, the or, like, revealed his creation. And I, like, I don't know if, like, one of the pieces fell off or something happened. And literally, they just, like, went in and I fucking lost it for, like, a good five minutes to the point where I was seeing <laughs> stars. I was losing oxygen. And, like, it was just going black with, like, just, like, just lights, twinkly lights in my in my head. And I was like, this is this is what I've been missing. <laughs> so like it's it's somewhere in the middle of seasons one and two for me. Because yeah. season one, like they shot those twelve episodes or eleven episodes all together and right. front loaded this show. Oh yeah. That, with all the best episodes. That, the first season is the best of and that season. Yeah. That is super front loaded. That is everything that could just make you fucking piss your pants laughing all in that first season. Season two was the rest. Yeah. And then the holiday specials were cute. I like those. They were. I I would probably rank them second if they were its own season. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I could see that. I still think this... Eh, I'd, give, I'd give it a really, really close, like... I Too close for me to rank one above the other. Yeah. But still, season two definitely is at the bottom of the barrel okay. for that. But it, um, Nicole has toned down a little bit, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, she's not at 100 all the time. And I think the show does better for it. And she just gives her a little like sassiness where needed, which is perfect. Right. Um, what I found weird was that they didn't give an extra panic button. To some of the contestants in some of the episodes. And they didn't show them using these panic buttons very often. No. And I don't know if maybe it was just because on those episodes, the person forgot to use their panic button. I think maybe it just didn't really, like, there was no extra, like, emphasis to anything with it. Yeah. Whereas some of the ones where it was like, okay, like, this person really is just being... Like, my favorite was that really tall guy. Mm -hmm. And when he was trying to um, roll out the buttercream that was thinking it was ridiculous. Oh, Lord. and he was like one of the cameramen snorted and that's when i realized oh maybe i shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like wow because all three judges were laughing at him yes yes um, but i was very happy with it eric what did you think i thought this one definitely had a lot of peaks and valleys I was the thing that surprised me most about the entire season is that they had Hubert Keller as a guest judge when he is so ridiculously more this qualified <laughs> than this show. Yeah. Like I mean, he had a good sense of humor about the entire process and I he really didn't speak down to the people at all. He's a very nice man. Yeah, yeah. But he is somebody who has been a guest judge multiple times on Top Chef. And he... Doesn't he have like just, Michelin stars. Yeah, he's a Michelin I mean. star. And 
when people go on Top Chef, they're always like, yeah, I mentor, or, or like, Hubert Keller was my mentor. <laughs> like, he he competed on Top Chef Masters. Like, this is a guy who just ridiculous. And then on the other end, ridiculous in such a bad way was <laughs> that guy who said he had graduated from culinary school and then could not bake a single thing. Like in both rounds, and Nicole pointed this out at the final judging, you did not bake a single thing on a baking competition <laughs> show. Yeah. Because both times, instead of present, he fucked up so bad, instead of presenting the baked good, he just made it out of the Rice Krispie treats. Although I think there was a little tiny bit of cake in the in his final cake presentation that was the napoleon right i no no because that was uh puff pastry yeah i forget which one it was but it was one of the last couple episodes i think second to last yeah but yeah that that was some of the guest judges though were a little weird that one there was that one woman who had like the the kind of squeakiest voice well which one the short little girl oh, like the high water pants well there was felicia day there was yeah, not felicia keller day. There is uh, Rosanna Paisano, who is short little YouTuber. Who, okay, maybe that's who it was. Um, but I love her. She has a YouTube cooking show, oh. baking show. See, this is the problem with so, with kind of with quote unquote celebrity nowadays. Uh-huh. If you don't watch like these YouTubers and yeah. then they, they're guests on these shows, it's like I have no fucking clue who you are. And yeah. it's it's so and that's that's where the world is changing with. What where medium is consumed, right? Where where any medium is consumed is now we're getting a lot of internet and internet quote unquote celebrity. So I'm just like I have no no idea who she was. Um, then you had that like gothic like kind of chick who does like all the horror cakes and whatnot. Yeah, who I didn't realize. I had no idea who she was. Oh yeah, she she has her own show on Netflix. I, I don't didn't realize. I don't, I don't think it's that. One, oh okay. Though. I don't know. She talked about how she made um the wedding cake for her and her husband and it was their severed heads oh okay yeah no not the same one yeah no like they, there was some interesting guests this time around but yeah uh Hubert keller was definitely an interesting choice although i didn't and then it, that's super gay oh the guy at the end yeah. the fashion oh that was the one with the tall that was the tall guys episode because yeah. they did the the uh, doll dress cakes yes i was like took me back to rupaul's drag race season two <laughs> with stacy lee matthews to decorate this cake yeah, BJ, did you catch season three of Nailed It? Um, I've only watched like two episodes so far. Look uh, at all the fun stuff you have to look forward to now. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm I'm actually finally I've whittled down all my finales, so I think I'm actually gonna sit down and that'll be my that'll be what I watch at the gym. That's your palate cleanser. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, that's our first round down. If you are enjoying what you are hearing and you would like to follow us. On the socials, you can head to our website at flameonshow.com. We have all of our social media links at the bottom of the page. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, or any platform that you thoroughly enjoy. Uh, we are Flame On Show, I believe, on just about everything out there. Uh, but head on over to flameonshow.com and find out for sure. If you would like to become a patron and help support us and the Nerdy Show Network, because we are fan-supported and listener-funded podcast medium then head on over to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show 
And you can become a patron at any dollar amount. And if you would like, you can even earmark some of that money to come directly to us by leaving a little note when you become a patron. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right. And we are back for round two. Fight. We're going to go back the other way now. Boom, boom, boom. You know, I don't know if I need a 40-minute diatribe on whatever topic two is from Eric. <laughs> yes. Yes. You have to get to me eventually. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, BJ, then me, and then that's it. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs> no, we love it. Uh, see, people say that you don't talk a lot, and they're going to get a whole lot of Eric on this episode, and they're going to be so excited. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BJ, what's your second topic? Um, I got to go to a little advanced screening for a movie that is being advertised like a beast. Um, Brightburn. Oh, my God. I got to see Evil's newest superhero. Wow. Um, so I got to say I was actually fairly impressed with... Because like, this whole thing's build is like the, like the evil Superman story. And Superman's origin story has been done to death. It's been done on television, movies. It's been done more times than Peter Parker's origin story. I was like, is this the Red Sun story? It's, um, honestly, it isn't. Or Red Daughter, if you're watching Supergirl on the CW. Not really, Uh, either. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Because, I mean... I just wanted to tie back to that. Because, I mean, Red Sun, it's just that... It's the Soviet version. He loves the Soviets and hates the U.S. versus... The other way around. Versus the fact that the uh, uh, Brandon is a little sociopath. Like, you genuinely feel bad for the parents because, you know, you've got the standard setup. Mom and dad have been trying to have a kid. Meteor falls on their lawn. Turns out that there's a baby in there. And the mother immediately is just like, oh, my God, I get to have a baby. Dad's like, that's a fucking alien baby. Um... You know, and they bury, uh, they they literally bury the ship underneath the floorboards in the basement. Um, everything's actually goes pretty well and pretty normal up until he gets to be like twelve, thirteen, preteen age. Um, and then fucking middle schoolers. It's like so you've got Brandon. He's developing powers, standard Superman powers, and then. He just he's just a creepy kid. Like he stalks a girl in his class and like she sees him and it's the girl that whose hand he breaks in the trailer. You know, his mom's kind of at her wits end because it's it's actually two issues at play here. You've got the fact that the kid's a little bit off and needs counseling, 
And then you've got the fact that the kid like has these powers. So he's effectively, you know, and kids are little sociopaths to begin with because they have no empathy. Um, so it it's it's a really good build. It, it the ending doesn't really pay off super well, but it's um like you genuinely start to fear for all the other characters in the movie because you're like, no, this kid's going crazy. He gonna he gonna blast your face off with laser eyes. Um, and but it, the end's very abrupt, and it pretty much ends exactly the way you you think it's going to end. So um. I would give this I give this a 2.5 out of 5 flames. All right. Two and a half. It's probably the lowest flame rating we've given in a while. So, I was going to say it's I mean it's not bad. It's just it's it's very by the book. So if you're looking for a subversive like Superman story, then definitely go for it. Gotcha. So, so it's the same filmmaker as Guardians of the Galaxy and Slither. Yes. You feel it has kind of the same. Well, it wouldn't have the same vibe as Guardians, but closer to Slither. Uh, a like, little bit. Like, it's... is there a comedic side? No, there at is all? definitely no comedy present in this at all. It we it pretty much it's like if Slither is his homage to like B horror, this is like his homage to like hard comic book horror. Gotcha. So this no, this is definitely a hard horror movie. How's Elizabeth, how's Elizabeth Banks do? Really good. Like honestly, out of out of all of like all of, out of all the innocent bystanders that Brandon like, you know, sends to the next life, you honestly are you're more afraid for for the mom than any other character because you literally see her heartbreak when she's like something's wrong with him. Like it's it, you really feel bad for the mom more than anybody. All right. Well, now you've gotten BJ's take on it. Do, uh, when does it hit theaters today for the public? Today? Or tonight, yeah. Okay. So we're recording on a, on a Wednesday night. So when this drops, Brightburn will be out in theaters. If you want, check it out. And you can always let us know on our social media what you thought of the movie. Do you agree with BJ's take? Or uh, maybe you think a little bit differently of it. Maybe you would give it a one. Or maybe you'd give it a five. You never know. All right, Eric, what's your second topic? Project Runway. It is back. From the beginning. It is back where it belongs on Bravo TV. I wouldn't really call this a reboot, though, since how there's never been any sort of break in it. Even when Project Runway moved from Bravo to Lifetime, it was still... Well, yeah. Happening every year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's kind of like when Buffy moved... Uh, from UPN to the, the WB. No, yeah. it moved from WB, WB to, to UPN. UPN. <laughs> <laughs> they merged and became the CW. So, while so don't a, call it a comeback. They've been here before. It's true. Uh, but it is a complete redesign. A retooling of the formula? It is. Ooh. Because after the last season on Lifetime, um, both Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn said, we are going to step away from being the on-camera personalities. Which, to me, when I heard that, I thought it was a death knell for the show. Yeah. But I've heard differently since it's, then. It's 
It's really well done. They put a lot of money into it, including the prize, because the prize was always $100,000 and then like some sewing machines. One dollar. That's, that's a, lot a lot of, of fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now instead of a hundred thousand in sewing machines, it, they it, get it is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, bitch! Forty thousand dollars worth of sewing machine equipment, plus an additional fifty thousand just for their like sewing space, like to redesign Jesus sewing space. Wow! On top of a mentorship with the fashion designers in New York or something like that, there is a new host. Uh, What's her name? She is another model. Her name is Carly Kloss. Okay. I uh, don't know who she is. I am sure people who... I, d- I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> she is of the younger generation of models. So uh, She is fine. She's personable. Um, she doesn't have any sort of fun saying like Afida Zane or <laughs> that kind of thing or... No adorable Heidi Klum accent. Um, One day you're in, the next day you're out. I'll be the same. And then for a workroom mentor, uh, they got Christian Soriano oh, yeah. to come back. Which, he is still the gay. But <laughs> he is cer- Around the world. He is certainly... <laughs> I think he is a lot toned down from... His original season that he won, uh, and just the way he's been on social media and stuff, I, I feel he's really serious about the position he's taking over from Tim, okay. and has a lot of respect for it. He still get can get a little snide with the contestants, but he's he's very encouraging of them. He gives them a lot of suggestions on how they can improve their designs. I feel... Have any of them turned around and said, wait, did he win his season? He did. Oh, he won. Yeah. Santino did not. That's, That's right. That's true. Oh, okay. Yep. So, so then, yeah, so then he can give them advice. All right. Exactly. I was going to say, because if like, it was Santino in like there... It's not Santino on Dry Grace. <laughs> like, well, bitch, when you win your season... <laughs> I'll show you versatility when Michelle Visage wins a fucking turtleneck and Santino wins a sewing competition. Um, I feel it's a good balance of contestants, although they were... There were a couple that I'm not going to compare them to Soju. Oh, that's, that's just were they drunk crying messes at Roscoe's? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have been. But there were a couple. There was one lady who was like, when it was her time to be eliminated, she was like, "Good, get me out of here. <laughs> Nobody cry for me because I'm glad I am leaving. <laughs> Don't cry for me, Argentina." <laughs> um. But they've had some really interesting challenges. Um, one, they had to design their own female um, video game character, including. And while they were designing the outfit, they also had um, a bunch of uh, computer animators come in and actually create the character that they were describing. Oh, nice. Um, so that was interesting and fits into the whole nerdy cosmos. Oh, nice. Did it? RuPaul show up on it? Looking busted as fuck? No. Oh. oh, damn. Then most recently they had 
where everyone had to make a high fashion um, design, basically describing a cause that they felt very passionate about. So kind of instead of just wearing the very common uh, like stand up to cancer or a quality T-shirt, basically turn that idea of fashion as support for a cause into a high fashion look. And then they had to then as contestants design a t-shirt for their cause and they had to walk on the runway with their high fashion design which turned out a lot of really interesting things and good looks and uh oh, that's good uh, nina garcia is back as a full-time judge oh okay um nina garcia so there's still hints of uh the original yeah and then they have um, of course, a male gay um, fashion designer. This time, uh, Brandon Maxwell, who I believe is... He has designed a lot of stuff for Lady Gaga. Um, but he is a uh, cute, nerdy, bearded, glassed, uh, roundish individual. I'm there. Roundish. <laughs> I'm in it. <laughs> um, That's how and, I'm describing and, myself on the on all the apps from now on. Yeah. Roundish, <laughs> roundish, um, and he isn't quite as trying to be as he's. He still is smart and can be quick witted, but there just feels like there's a lot more care. Like it seems like it comes off where everyone is caring about these people growing in their career, and just a more. Not that anybody was ever mean spirited, but the way that it it used to come off very curt. Yes, like it used to come off very like, and then of course you get later in there, and they would it would start to sound a little mean. Like Michael Kors, I loved him in those first couple seasons, but he could definitely cut a person down with some of his critiques. Yeah, and then when it switched over to Zach Posen, he was just trying to be more Michael Kors than Michael Kors ever was. <laughs> and and then um for Project Runway All Stars when they had Isaac Mizrahi and that was ugh. But I really like the atmosphere. I like the feel of the show. It's just really well done and I hope it'll keep running for more seasons. It feels like American Idol turned into the voice. Yes. Where it's less about like kind of giving critiques and cutting down and more about trying to support and make them better to get to the finale. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What is Project Runway back on Bravo? Watch what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, my second and final topic of discussion for this month is going to be a movie that came out about two weeks ago or i think maybe by the time this drops two weeks um it's about a little yellow pocket monster that um likes to discharge electricity from his body to attack his opponents i mean you can call it whatever you want i just find it weird that you're painting it so i saw pokemon detective pikachu I went and had a, a me date day, just me in the, the movie theater, a little popcorn, a little soda, and of course, two people that decided to sit in the same row as me. There's like five other people in the goddamn theater, 10 rows 
in between me and the next person below, yet these people decide to sit in the same row as me and then be loud and have their phone go off during the movie. And I was just like, really? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you sure you bought your ticket before they bought their tickets? Um, yes. Okay. I mean, I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> I was sitting, there's no assigned seating. Oh. Yeah. No, oh, no, no. This okay. is Fashion Square Mall, so there's oh, no assigned seating. Okay. <laughs> and I got there first, so fuck y'all bitches. <laughs> yes to step in. Because if that, if that were the case and they had bought them first, I would not. I would have picked right. another row. Yeah. I'd, have, I'd have gone two rows down and been fine. Yeah. But... I decided to uh, to go check it out. Um, I know Josh has gone to see it. I just hadn't gotten a chance to go see it yet, so I took advantage of five dollar Tuesdays and uh, and had a little a little date date with me because if no one else is going to take me out on a date, I will. There's nothing wrong with master dating once in a little while, right? Yeah, right, right. So I have not been a huge Pokemon fan. I. Missed the card game completely. That was not in my generation's wheelhouse, as far as I know. Um, I did not watch the cartoon. I did not play the video games. And then when Pokemon Go came out almost three years ago now, or just or th- just past the three-year mark, I downloaded, I want to say maybe in August or September of 2016, Played it until I got an Eevee and a Snorlax because that's the two that I knew. And those were my favorites because I also worked at Toys R Us when it was really a, like a big craze. So we had all the toys and the plushes and everything. So, I mean, I've, I've owned Eevee and Snorlax merchandise in the past. But it was never a big thing for me. And then last maybe August, September area... um. I had a friend ask if I play, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go re-download it, and, and I've gotten back into Pokemon Go. Again, still not a huge, huge uh, purveyor of all things Pokemon. I did buy Let's Go Eevee for the Switch, uh, which I've enjoyed, and that's a basically an updated version of Red and Blue, which was the first game, uh, and I've enjoyed it. I, I've It gets me out of the house now. I've talked about it on the show before, how I actually have enjoyed getting back into playing because I get to spend time with friends and go do laps around the lake or just go out and, you know, like get some exercise and enjoy that part of it. Um, get seven or eight shiny tour chicks on community day. And now next month is a uh, shiny slack off and he's pink. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> um, so I decided I'm going to check this movie out because one of my other friends was actually really excited to see this movie. So, I didn't really have huge expectations of, you know, what this movie was going to be. And I was pleasantly surprised. It's a very cute movie. Um, The story is the story. They kind of play it up a little bit differently in the trailer, which I like. You know, it's, it's tough when you go into a movie and you know the plot before you even see the movie because they give you so much of it away in the trailer. Where this makes it feel like it's one thing and they uh, kind of turn it on its head a little bit when you get into actually seeing what's happening, especially those scenes. I think they may, may have actually CGI'd out um, something on one of the characters to kind of keep that part that, you know, it's not as it appears like secret, like when they did with uh, Thor's eye 
Right. So that way you didn't know oh, yeah. he was yeah, going to Mar- be missing an eye. Marvel's done that multiple times. Yeah. And, where I, they... and I'm okay with it. I actually yeah. really like it. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely for it. Um, so you have Justice Smith um, starring as the lead character whose father went off after his mother's death. After Well, after his wife slash this kid's mother's death and uh, became a detective in Rhyme City, which was a city founded where Pokemon and people would live and work in harmony rather than because Pokemon have been in the world where um, where they are from, but they still are the, the archaic method of throwing Pokeballs at them and capturing them and then being trainers and having them battle. So Rhyme City was founded on the fact uh, that Pokemon and people should work together and live together. And, you know, you don't have you don't throw balls at them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're not your they're not your indentured slave. Exactly, uh, they're they're your partners in uh, in your day to day life. So after the father mysteriously dies in a car crash, the son has to go and uh, collect his belongings, and adventure ensues because he is confronted by a reporter and uh, her partner Psyduck. Who actually really enjoyed Psyduck in this movie? Um, there's a there's a cute clip I watched with the Psyduck. Is it oh is it in the car? Yeah, it's yes. in the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he kind of dispatches her in, in her thoughts that uh, there's more to the story than is being let out to the public. And as he's cleaning uh, or going through his father's uh, apartment. There is a noise and stuff gets knocked over and he comes across a Pikachu wearing a detective hat. Pikachu. But does not sound like that. Oddly enough, sounds like Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool. Yes, Deadpool is inside of him. So they uh, decide to come together to basically solve the mystery eventually because then there's an apom attack because gas gets unleashed and blah, blah, blah. Uh they decide to solve the mystery, not of the possibility that his dad is still alive, but trying to figure out where, what Pikachu is not remembering because he has amnesia. So they end up uh, teaming up with the girl reporter, who he likes, and her Psyduck, and go on a, uh, a road trip out to the this test site area where there was... Oddly, there was like a, a power surge that they that nobody explained. So they're like, "Oh, let's start there," and they find all these these testing facilities and um, the Torterra like growth section and uh, the Greninja uh, like speed testing and all this stuff. And on the way there, as people may or may not know, when Psyduck gets really stressed out, he has these massive headaches and then like a psychic bursts emanates from him so uh they listen to like basically like elevator music to keep him calm and then uh psyduck pulls up his uh his webbed foot and makes pikachu rub his feet <laughs> so that way he doesn't uh get stressed out he's like he's like so wait we have to listen to this music so your head doesn't explode and kill us all psyduck you're <laughs> like no i'm not gonna rub your feet <laughs> psyduck <laughs> oh it's phenomenal um it is it, and then they eventually, obviously, the the way that the story 
what's told to them is not how it goes. And you get other pieces of the story. You see flashbacks via like surveillance clips from the lab. And again, those are still things that aren't necessarily the truth until you start getting further into it. Um, Mewtwo is part of the movie as well. And uh, one of the things that they apparently have Mewtwo able to do is merge a Pokemon with their partner. So if uh. you have that connection with them, then he's able to like merge you in to that, that body. And you basically, the villain's thought process is that's the next evolution of people. Because the, the one time, the one time there was a glimpse of Eevee, who you know I love me some Eevee and I love me some Snorlax. The the shot of Snorlax in the trailer is pretty much all you see. There's one other time that he's sleeping at the at the parade. And you get Eevee for a hot second on the desk. Because in the trailer, you just see like the glowing and then Flareon. Right. So you see Eevee for a split second right before that happens. And the the, the person talks about how um like Eevee's evolutions are basically evolving into your best self because whatever the environment is or like the, for the reasons that Eevee evolves into the different evolutions is kind of the whole prospect of, well, then what if people then can evolve into their best selves or their, their next level themselves. And that's like the bonding with the, the Pokemon is, I guess then the thought of, okay, that's what your next best evolution is. So uh, they then are able to defeat the bad guy. Eric hasn't seen this movie, so normally I spoil the fuck out of it. But I, uh, I've i been trying to dance around certain things <laughs> because I don't really. It's a cute little twist at the end. And I don't want to give it away if you're planning on seeing this movie, which I know you are. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. So then uh, so they save the day because, of course, they're, you know. It's Pokemon. The good guys have to win. Although there is a cute little scene of uh, Ryan Reynolds Pikachu singing the the Pokemon theme song as he's like Aww. wandering down the road. That's cute. And he's just like sad. So you're like he's like crying. So he's like, I'm gonna be the best. <laughs> like no one ever was. Pretty much. It's very because they there's a falling out in this whole thing, you know. Um. And then there is a twist to why you you find out the reason why um, Justice Smith's character can hear Pikachu. Ah. So there is a whole reason to it that they do oh, explain nice. at the end. Um, but yeah, overall, it was definitely a cute movie. There was a lot of uh, cute little jokes throughout it. A lot of really raunchy adult jokes, which maybe it's because I'm older now. But I and I know that like movies when we were younger had adult jokes in them because the parents are taking their kids to these movies, so right. you have a little extra humor that is above the heads of the the younger kids. But I'm like, these are some really overtly like dirty jokes, which I thoroughly enjoyed in the movie. <laughs> um, and uh, the the one of my favorite little like kind of lines was. Yeah, the girl who was a reporter, she uh, she says that she writes listicles for CNM, and it's like, who are the top ten cutest Pokemon? Newsflash, they're all cute. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of true. Uh, but overall, I'd give it a, a three and a half flames. I thought it was a cute movie, and it definitely was uh, better than I was 
expecting it to be and seeing a bunch of the pokemon that uh that i'm now being exposed to by playing pokemon go now when they have <laughs> you know most of the four the first four regions out there like it's it's kind of cool to see there's a bunch of them i still had no fucking clue who they were what was the, your favorite uh pokemon depicted in the movie i mean i'm a sucker for snorlax so when snorlax was sitting there sleeping in the middle of the crosswalk while uh um Oh god, who's the final one? Maychamp, Maychomp, May oh, Mayweather. It's it's Machamp. Yeah. It is Maychamp? Okay. Yeah. Because Machop, Machoke, Machamp. Machoke okay. Machoke me, Daddy. <laughs> so Machamp is out there like directing uh directing traffic. Oh my god. Okay. So probably the cutest fucking one in the movie was Arcanine. Oh. No, I'm sorry, not even Arcanine. The Growlitz. Oh. Which I mean, same family, but you know what I mean. Uh. But when they had the little puppy, the little puppy growlers like <laughs> just trotting through the street because they're little police dogs. Uh, God, they were so cute. Um, they did a really good job on on a lot of the um, like the original like one fifty one. Good. So there were when they announced that this movie was going to be happening, fans of the series and just the interwebs in general wanted danny devito to be the voice of pikachu yes because well in the video game in that's the video what he sounds game, like. yeah, yeah he's yeah. got a very deep gruff voice and uh when i had heard a clip of that i was like oh, okay i can totally see why they would want that um but again when they throw in the twist at the end there's a there's a reason why gotcha yeah but i would have been really mad if that, <laughs> if that had been the case <laughs> But yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, if you are a Pokemon fan, even even just a bit, uh, I would suggest going out and seeing it. Catch a Tuesday five dollar movie if you're not a huge fan. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it was worth worth going out and seeing. Cool. And I only had to watch it one million five hundred and twenty seven times to get a shiny Pikachu. <gasps> Original joke. I'm a level five vegan. I don't need anything that casts a shadow. <laughs> So, what's your flame rating for this one? Oh, it's a three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I threw that in there for you. Cool. I was trying to be proactive on my flame rating. Gotcha. Then it got extinguished in our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, I relit my three and a half flames for it. All right. So, those are the topics that we are going to be discussing on this month's episode. Remember, if you are enjoying uh, what we are doing here on Flame On, uh, support us and the Nerdy Show Network by going to patreon.com forward slash nerdy show and becoming a patron. You can become a patron at any dollar amount and even earmark some of those dollars to come directly to us by leaving a little note saying that you would like your money to go to the boys of Flame On. If you would like to follow us on the interwebs, head on over to flameonshow.com, scroll to the bottom, and you can click on any of our chicklets there and follow us on your favorite social media platform. Hashtag flame on. So, as always, we are going to end today's episode with our one-ups of the month. These are the things that are. Oh, you are giving Sorry, I had to. I've been wow. waiting since that album came out. I've been waiting wow. to use it for this segment. These are the things that are giving us life here in the month of May 2019. Eric, what is your one-up? Will you sing that to me instead? i just kidding. Because my one-up this week is Ben Platt's uh, debut album, Sing to Me Instead. Ben Platt of Pitch Perfect. 
and oh. Dear Evan Hansen fame. Um, based on the success of Dear Evan Hansen and the cultural phenomenon it was, he got a record deal out of it. And so this is his debut album. Nice. Um, huh. It's very singer-songwritery kind of Which feel I to love. it. Uh Sarah Bareillesy, a little um I'm not gonna Jason Mraz kind of feel to it, uh, with songs such as Temporary Love. Let's hear a clip now. You're have to hide our love away Both of us are gonna make mistakes Cause leaning on somebody's never easy But look at me and tell me you don't see it This is not a temporary love Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, I like it. And then new as well. Pay the price Worked in a world Burned all your letters Just for fun helped co-write all the songs on the album Mm. and a lot of them are based on his love life which has never been a kind of a topic of conversation that had been brought up prior to him starting to release these singles as well as he made three videos before the album came out for three of the songs um and shocked the world because it was a man he was in love with in all the videos. Bum, bum, bum. I know. Damn it, I was going to do that. Oh. <laughs> Thunder oh. shock. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not going to say it was a huge surprise to anybody, but it was just confirmation of which, whatever, take that as whatever. But, uh, I love the stuff. I love the feel for the album, and it's just a really nice listen. Uh, this is Ben Platt with the album Sing to Me Instead. Here on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So Ben Platt is your one up. He's giving you life. He is. And it's everything. BJ, what is your one up? Uh, well, I'm doing it again, y'all. I told you I was going to do one thing, and I'm doing a different one. Ooh, curveball. Um, so I completely forgot. I was obsessed with this for about a week because I listened to it like five times. Um, Audible has released a original um, story called Heads Will Roll, and it's starring Kate McKinnon. And Emily Lynn and Kate McKinnon, for those of you that don't know, is from Saturday Night Live and I uh, believe just got an Emmy nomination. Um, she's absolutely hilarious. But it's the it's the uh, story of Queen Mortuana of the Night Realm and how she gets a prophecy of a peasant uprising. Yeah, I've actually been seeing ads for this on YouTube all over the place. It's absolutely hilarious. And then you have her her princess turned raven, Jojo. Um, who's a very new agey type of Californian girl who's very like, um, so I don't have skin, I have feathers, and instead of a pussy, I have a cloaca, and I can't do sex stuff. Um, so it's very, it's very tongue in cheek, it's very raunchy. Um, but you've got Peter Dinklage, Tim Gunn, the entire cast of, uh, current cast of Queer Eye, 
Um, you've got. Also, Can you believe? Yeah. Oh God. Who gave they're, you permission? They're absolutely hilarious. Uh, you got Meryl Streep in it. Um, it's just a huge cast. It's done by. Uh, it's produced by Broadway Video. Um, but it's ten episodes. It's all up on Audible. Um, so it is absolutely hilarious. Um, Tim Gunn's Tim Gunn's like one of the main voices in the in the show. Um, but no, it's absolutely hilarious, and you have to give it uh at least a test listen. It's called Heads Will Roll. That just makes me think of that song. Oh, that's what used song. Heads Will Roll. <laughs> that's used actually in the opening. Oh, is it? Yeah, awesome. Oh, uh, I love that Klee mashup with Thriller. Yes. I was just listening to that the other day, and then I just remembered it's the 10th anniversary of Glee. Oh, Jesus. It's 10 years ago, y'all. Yeah. Ooh. Such a simpler time back then. Back when their storylines were actually okay. Uh, and their cast, some me- of them. And their cast uh, members were all that alive. That show was wild. They could not do half the stuff they do now. Definitely. <laughs> and their cast members weren't pedophiles. Just De- one of them. Dead dead pedophile. Oh, is he dead too? Oh yeah, he committed suicide oh, when they right. went to take him to oh, jail. Jesus. Wow. The dark side of Glee. Alright, so my <laughs> on to me. <laughs> ah, <laughs> what's what's, your, what's you giving life? you life? <laughs> Not being a pedophile. That's <laughs> giving me life. So last week our synth pop princess. Carly Rae Jepsen released her fourth album. I believe it's her fourth. Uh, yeah, it's her fourth album. And it is titled Dedicated. I am super stoked because we're going to be going to see her on July 27th at the House of Blues. Yes. Yes. Um, I treated myself to a VIP ticket, so I'll get to meet her before the show. I'm super excited. Treat yourself. Actually, isn't, the, isn't July the month that Treat Yourself happens on? From the show? I don't know. I don't remember. I have to double check that, but I think you may have actually gotten uh, treated yourself on Treat Yourself Day. Mm, that's exciting. Um, which I didn't know that Retta was... I never watched Parks and Rec, so I didn't, I've only heard it and seen the memes. I didn't really know who she was. Then I started watching Good Girls, and now I'm like, <laughs> that's a departure. And she was on uh, Ask Me Another, and that's when they talked about, about that. And uh, the fact that she plays the game where... Uh, She'll go out to like lunch or dinner with her friends and be like, if uh, Treat Yourself hasn't been trending in the last like 10 minutes, then I buy dinner. If it has been, then you buy me dinner. <laughs> and she's like, I haven't paid for a meal in years. Uh, so Carly Rae Jepsen, Dedicated, is a wonderful album. It is pop goodness. It is synth pop goodness. Because there are some songs that you are just like, okay, this is straight like 80s synth pop, and I love it. And then there's some that are just straight up like bubblegum pop. Uh, the lyrics don't always kind of go with the vibe of the song. Like you're like, all right, cool, a little dancey. And then you listen, and you're like, oh, this is a little sad. Because it just feels like almost like the story of a relationship. Like it starts out with Julian, and it feels like, okay, this is her like the aftermath and then it rolls back in time and then like tells you kind of like their bumpy like story along the way and i could be completely wrong but um it just has that kind of it's very relationship vibey in a lot of ways um and we got 
if you have the Target exclusive, or if you stream it online, you get uh, Party for One, which was the uh, first, I guess, kind of single from it, because technically it's not on the album. So it was dropped randomly. It was very cut to the feeling. And then we were treated to the de- the lead single from the album, plus a second track, um, which was teased just before Valentine's Day, or right around that like mid-February-ish point, when they did the... Uh, teaser trailer for Queer Eye Season 3. And we got to hear part of uh, Now That I Found You, which is a delightful little bop. And with a <laughs> an insanely bizarre video, uh, but adorable. And uh, I fell in love with No Drug Like Me off of that. And then I pre-ordered the album through her site so I can get the pre-code for the tickets for the concert. And when the album came out, I just, I've been hooked on it. It's been fantastic. I'm going to play y'all a little clip here. I'm sorry. Producer, can you play us the clip? Play <laughs> us track three, please. Thanks. Uh, this is one of my uh, c- current favorites on the album. Is that the video she put out with five million Carly's? Yes. Her version of the real Slim Shady video? Yes. <laughs> this is the second single from the album called Too Much, which uh, she also released the video for either on the Thursday right before it the album dropped or right around that same time. Like it, or was it? It's all been in this last week that uh, she's put all this stuff out. But yeah, it's again a very. She went from multiplying cats. In her video, it's multiplying herself, but also doing like miniature sets with herself. Oh. It's it's weird, but it's interesting. But it's uh, very much a song about not being sure how to like how much of yourself to put out there, and just the you know when I'm drinking, I'm drinking too much. If I'm feeling, I'm feeling too much. Uh, you know, be careful if you're wanting this touch because if I love you, then I love you too much. Like it just it. It resonates with my soul. I feel seen by her lyrics. And um, I love her for it. It's just fantastic. And uh, the other song that is uh, definitely keeping me bopping in my car is uh, this track called Happy Not Knowing. I don't have the energy to risk a broken heart on your own. that i don't have the energy to risk a broken heart when you're already killing me bam yeah i was like okay all right still feeling seen here carly still feeling seen it's just pop goodness honestly it's 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 so palate cleansy talk about it's just pop music it's just fantastic so if you are a fan of pop if you're a fan of carly ray jepson um i even had our friend of the show uh luke kerr message me uh after he saw one of my statuses about uh or not message me he commented on my post um about dedicated and how much i was enjoying it and he said that it's uh given him very car- uh kylie minogue vibes i was like be careful don't let the kylie minogue fans hear you say that <laughs> get protected here um but yeah it's uh it's got a i think right now it's got the best and high uh, the highest metacritic rating of any album ever 
So the fans are fucking standing her hardcore right now. So I'm enjoying it, and it's going to make me uh, even happier when we get to see it live in July. Yay! So, dear listeners, that does it for us here at Flame On. Check us out online and check back in with us in two weeks when I think we're going to be doing a little RuPaul's Drag Race conversation because uh, bum, bum, it'll bum. be over. Oh, it's never over. Have you, <laughs> haven't you seen Phantasm? I mean, it was interesting to hear that Ms. Cracker had to cancel and reschedule her all her Australia and New Zealand dates this past <laughs> week mm-hmm. because for some urgent reason that she wouldn't get into. I wonder what it could be. When oddly, um, DragCon LA was this last weekend or the weekend before last year. It's this coming weekend. Yeah. So when this drops, it'll be... Yeah. DragCon will be uh, starting up that same afternoon. Uh, but shortly after DragCon was when there was some uh, All-Stars filming. So the timing mm-hmm. checks out. They're doing another All-Stars? Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> we'll be back in two weeks. We'll be discussing the, uh, the latter half of season 11. Uh, we'll talk reunion. Because remember, the finale's been filmed, and then the reunion was filmed the day after. Uh-huh. So if you pay really close attention to who's really salty out of the top four, <laughs> you might have a hint on who makes the top two before it airs. And then uh, and then we'll have the finale. Should be the next week after that. And then, uh, yeah, you'll get to hear about our take on who comes home. A winner, baby. So that does it for us. Thank y'all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.